Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 10 of Aristotle's Categories, he distinguishes four different types of opposition, four ways in which things, terms, can be opposed to each other. And the third type that he talks about is what gets translated as positives and privatives. Now, we have to do a little bit of talking about these Greek terms because it, it's not a very easy translation. Perhaps privative is a little bit closer to what we have in mind than positive, but they are opposed in that way. The privative is the privative. It is the absence, the, you know, or in some cases, perhaps corruption or lack of what ordinarily would be there. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk about these two terms. You notice that the Greek term that Aristotle is using here is hexis. This comes from the word to have in, in Greek. And so if you think about something that is a possession, something that you have for a long time, you're on the right track. And we, we talk not only about having things like my having this piece of chalk or my having this particular tie, which I've actually had for quite some time, but we talk about habits. We talk about things that have become part of our personality, of our character. And we can also talk about things in terms of capacities that we have as well. So it's not so alien to our own way of talking about things. And so hexis is positive. You might also think of it in terms of possession. Another word that we use to translate it quite often is habit because many hexase, that's the plural for it, are indeed habits. State is another term that often gets used for, for translating hexis in Aristotle's works. Now opposed to this is steresis and, and that comes from the verb to mean to be deprived of or to be lacking something. You know, when we talk about needing something, something that could also be steresis. So we translate that generally as privative or as privation. And what you have to think of there is the fact that privatives or privations are always what they are in relation to that of which they are a lack or a deprivation. So if we were to think, and Aristotle doesn't use this as an example, uh, as a matter of fact, he tends to treat justice and injustice as being a different type of quality and a different type of opposition to each other as being, you know, actual contraries to each other. But let's say we thought for a moment of justice in terms of it being a habit of the person that was developed in them over time. And we would say ought to be there in a person. Then injustice can be understood as the lack of that which ought to be there in that person. So Aristotle doesn't use that as an example here. Instead, he uses things like sight and blindness, and we will see why in just a moment. But it's important to keep in mind these translations of these, these Greek terms. So 
Aristotle is going to point out right from the start that both the hexis and the steresis are going to be referred to the same subject. This is a very important point. The example that he uses are sight and blindness are referred to what? To the eye. I suppose in an analogous way, we might say that sight and blindness could also be used in talking about a camera if the camera lens is, say, damaged or obscured or the innards of the camera are such that it can no longer take in the visual information that is coming from, you know, the whatever, the, the lens or the front piece, right? But you don't talk about sight and blindness except in a very metaphorical way of other things. Things. Like, for example, um, we would not talk about the piece of chalk having sight or blindness. It's not that sort of thing. We wouldn't talk about the book being sighted or blind, right? Or having sight or having blindness or lacking sight because it's not that sort of thing. You know, we might talk about a book as having vision, right? Or lacking vision, but there we're using it in a metaphorical sense, an equivocal sense, Aristotle would say, or an analogical sense at best. And we're not talking about actual sight and blindness. And we can do the same thing for any of the other senses that we have, you know, hearing, smell, touch, taste. We can talk about certain organisms as lacking sight, you know, things that don't actually have eyes like oysters. Presum I don't know what senses oysters have. Presumably a sense of pain if you injure them and some sense of touch and perhaps odor, you know, something along those lines. But we're not really talking about an oyster being blind because an oyster isn't the sort of thing that would actually have sight. And so they're always referred to the, the same subject, that is the thing that either ought to have that thing or not. I'll give you another example that doesn't come from Aristotle, but actually comes from a medieval thinker. St. Anselm of Canterbury talks about, just reflects sort of the prejudices of his time, the fact that a man ought to have a beard, but a boy shouldn't because it's not time for the boy to grow the beard, right? And lacking the beard, there's something wrong with the guy. Funny, because we see pictures of St. Anselm or, or images of St. Anselm depicted without a beard. That's probably totally inaccurate, right? But you get the idea. There, there are things that could be had or, or could be lacking, but they're lacking in a context. So this brings us to the next important point. Aristotle clarifies for us that what do we mean when we talk about a privation? He says that what can have X, whatever X is, is deprived when X should be present, when it's natural or it's desirable for X to be present, but X could still be lacking. X is absent. So he says, yeah, what may have a faculty is deprived of that faculty when it is totally absent and yet should be naturally present and present also at that time. So not what is without teeth or sight do we therefore call toothless or blind, just things that actually should have teeth. So if, you know, we're thinking about infants, infant human beings, not a big deal if they're lacking teeth because they're probably up in the gums and they're going to pop out and go through teething and all that sort of stuff. But if we find out at, you know, age five, that there aren't any teeth, you know, let's say we didn't do x-rays of the kid or anything like that. Well, then there's a problem there. there. There's a lack of something that we think ought to be there. So he says, we rather use those terms of that which has not, but should have teeth or sight and should have teeth or sight at that time. So that's an important point. We don't predicate these terms of just anything that is lacking. We predicate them of things that, that really ought to have that. So that ought to make us think about 
what sorts of things should have what properties or characteristics should have a hexis that when it's lacking is rather a stereosis, a privation, an absence of, of what that is. Now, Aristotle also makes another important clarifying point in saying that when we're talking about these terms, that being deprived of something, that is the verb, or the state, if you want to think about it, being deprived is not, strictly speaking, the exact same thing as the privation itself. One of these is predicable of things. The other one is not predicable of things. So, for example, we can say that a human being is blind, i.e. is lacking sight in their visual apparatus, whatever. It could be the nerves, could be the eye itself. But we don't say that the person is blindness itself. The privation would be the blindness itself. Being blind, being deprived of sight would be the, the other thing. And they're not exactly the same thing. Right? Likewise, possessing a habit, as Aristotle says, he uses the verb echen, to have, hexis, to have a having, literally, is not the th same thing as the habit itself. So to be sighted, to have sight, is not the same thing as to be sight or sight itself. And we don't want to mix those, those things up. Sometimes it's not so, such an issue with blindness and sight, but it could be an issue with other types of hexase and stereases. So he goes on and he says that this may be noted that if to be blind could be rightly considered the same thing with blindness, then we would predicate both without doubt of identical things. But this is never the case. So he entertains the possibility that it could be the case, but and then he says it's not. Now, there is an important connection, though, between these. So privation is opposed to habit, right? They're opposites of each other. And he says, so are possessing a faculty, oh, I should be pointing here, possessing a hexis and being deprived of it, those are opposites, he says, in the same way. He says we have the same type of antithesis, of being set in opposite areas from each other. So this is a very important type of opposition. It happens between things that are indeed qualities. And we want to be careful to distinguish this from other types of oppositions so as not to fall into them. And we also want to be careful to maintain these distinctions that Aristotle is giving us. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.